0: I got Her Trash, episode 387, The Disappearance of Charlie Butters by Zach Wharton. My name is Eric. And I am Jason. <clears throat> that's right, I'm Jason. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> oh, not much. I'm just uh, super paranoid about uh, this thing that's happening right now. The way we're recording? Yes. Normally, there hasn't been too much of an issue, but uh, apparently, when I updated my phone, uh, everything got fucked up. Um, So, who knows? Who knows? I think it'll be fine. I have hope and positive intent. Uh Glad one of us does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is exciting. It feels like it's been a while. It has been a while. Do you know how long it's been? Uh, almost two months. Is it really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. The uh, the last episode, uh, I put it up March 3rd, and, and it is almost May. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes we just got to give the people what they want, and that's us not recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, nothing. Too dramatic happened this time. Right? We were yeah. just, just yeah, kinda, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got busy. Yeah. <laughs> just sometimes you need a break. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We do appreciate all the listener who asked, uh, where we were. <laughs> Thanks to all of him. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> Why do we still do this? <laughs> it gives us an excuse to drink beer and talk about comics. Not uh-huh. drinking beer. We we're drinking water out of a Doctor Doom pint. That is true. It's probably cooler than drinking beer out of a can. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> so you win, sir. <laughs> Alright, fair. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So we read a comic book. Yeah, Ooh. we did. Um, I almost remember it. I, <laughs> cause I read it before we recorded the last episode. Yeah, yeah, and I read it shortly after we recorded the last episode, and um, have not reread it. I'm, um, I remember some stuff. <laughs> so I remember when the Beyonder shows up. <laughs> And he pulls all the heroes back in time. Sure, sure. That, that was this book, right? Yeah, that was this one. Okay. And then Spider-Man teaches him how to take a shit. And the Human Torch gets high with some girl who speaks a different language. Right, right. Secret Wars by Zack Wharton. I, I would buy that. <laughs> now, this is, yeah, a book by, I think he's a Canadian cartoonist named Zack Wharton. W-O-R-T-O-N. Yeah. And also Zach, Z-A-C-H. Yeah, there's an H. um, Not the traditional spelling. No. (laughs) Um. So I had never heard of him before. uh, As as with most of your picks. Yeah. I, I so I met this guy in Toronto at one of the small press conventions, and he had done a book that was um it was pretty cool. It had the exact same kind of artwork, but you could tell it was a much smaller production. Like, it was, you know, it was just, like, like, nicely done, but it was, like, stapled at home kind of thing. Right. And uh, it was really cool, and I liked it a lot. I think it was called Curses, maybe? Because this was, like, ten years ago. And then I didn't hear much about him for a long time until he was doing a mini-comic called Blood Visions um, from Charles Fortman's uh, Oily. Comics, yeah. um, And that was really neat I liked that So when I saw this I was like Oh my gosh It's like a nice Square bound Graphic novel Like he He did it Right You know Like he He made a A big boy book <laughs> So uh, I wanted to check it out And this is me checking it out Alright Uh It was foisted upon me Yeah Uh But I read it Yeah I thought I thought there was going to be more. No, no. Well, thanks for tuning in everyone. Check back in three more months. when we do <laughs> another episode. <laughs> uh, so you warned me when, uh, you picked the book that, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Cause you looked at the back cover. Uh, well, no, no, not, not about that. Oh, um, this is part one of a trilogy. Yeah, right. And uh, you, you, you had warned me of that, and that uh, there was uh, that it ends in very much a way that just leads you to the next part. Sure. Which generally upsets me, right? When when I read that, like, like a, if it's a collected edition that doesn't feel like it has even Not necessarily like a perfectly tight ending, but sure, but just like the end of the, the definite end of a chapter, right? Uh, and, uh, this was no exception. Mm -hmm. It, it upset me. Right. Even though you warned me, even though I went in expecting that, uh, it still upset me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mind, like, if there's a graphic novel or a trade, that even if it has a bit of a cliffhanger, as long as it feels like there was a satisfying story and it kind of wraps and then maybe there's like an epilogue that kind of (laughs) leads you into the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. This one did kind of feel like it was just like, um, you know, like a 400 page book and we got the first 150 pages of it. Right. Um, yeah, like you know, we we recently read uh, *Gideon Falls*, and uh, you know that that was the first volume of you know a, a multi-volume set, you know, and and that felt like you know certainly there were no answers you know to to the series you know main you know you know conflicts or anything like that, but, right. but it felt like a satisfying read. Yeah. Uh, it's like the end of a TV season. Yes. So, like it leads you to the next season, but you're like, okay, that's the definitive end of this season. Right, right. Uh, and, and this, this did not have that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try my best to not judge it based on that. Right. Yeah, cause that is, I would say that's not something we, we like. No. Yeah. Like not, and not just, like, for the show. I mean, just in our, in our casual reading. Sure, like, sure. Like, it's just kind of a thing where we prefer... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, like, some rule that we decided upon. It's just the way that we both prefer things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, Yeah, I've, I've read numerous trades mm-hmm. and whatnot of uh, books that just sort of, you know, dangle You know, <laughs> once, once they come to the end. Right. Just like... <clears throat> You yeah, know, make this somewhat satisfying. And great. Hold on. I, I have a cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a cat there. Yep. All right. Now there's a cat perched on my shoulder, and we're doing the show. That's, and, that's the uh, way it always should be. This is pretty great. Yeah. So, so now you're okay with the ending? Yep. Now that you have a cat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this book is great. So, yeah, it is, it is part one of three. I think each book has the name Charlie Butters in the title, but yeah. it's not like the disappearance of Charlie Butters part two. No, yeah. It's like each one is the something something. Charlie Butters. Like, yeah. you know, like the uh, the yoga workout of Charlie Butters <laughs> or, or whatever. I forget, but so basically, who is this Charlie Butters for the listener here? Uh, so as far as we know, Charlie Butters is a, uh, a artist uh, who had some success in the sixties. Uh, yeah, like late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and basically sort of went mad mm-hmm. and just basically removed himself from society in order to focus entirely on his artwork. Right, and he built a cabin out in the woods, uh, and then uh, and. And he kept these weird journals. Yeah, yeah. About his life and his, the things he would hear and see. Right. Because as he kind of heard voices. Yeah, I think talking so. Talking to him about his art. Uh, so basically he was just mentally ill. Right. Uh, or maybe there was someone really after him. That's true. But the <laughs> weird thing about this book is even though it's kind of about him and titled about, about him, right. it's, it's not really about him. No, it's not. That much. Yeah. Uh. In, in fact, it's about the dude that I did not expect this book to actually be about Right. once I uh, started reading it. Travis, I believe, was his name? I don't remember names except for Charlie Butters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there on the cover, so it's hard to forget. Right, right. In other words, I looked it up because I couldn't remember the names. It's Travis, Mike, and, and Guy. <laughs> Another Guy. There's there's four guys total. Yeah. Uh So, so, the, the, so there's a black metal band. <laughs> right? And, and a videographer. And they're, uh, they're basically traipsing through the woods to film a black metal music video. And I love that opening. I think that's a great way to start every book. <laughs> like if the new Batman Starts that way, I'll, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, it opens up with like <coughs> these dudes in corpse paint marching through the woods yep. with a camera, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> um. And so yeah, so so while these guys are out uh, uh, making a horrendous black metal video. Uh they, they stumble upon this cabin in the woods and that's how they find out about uh Charlie Butters. And uh yeah, it's like long since abandoned. Like right. He, he's long since dead. Yeah. But they uh As far as we know. Yeah. Yeah. But they come across like just a library of his home journals, like his yeah. all of his uh his musings and thinkings while he was in the woods here. Yeah. And then uh Travis, I guess, is is our is our guy. Our main guy. uh, Yeah. The guy who who becomes our main guy. He's kind of like the reluctant drummer for the black metal band. Or is he the drummer? Or singer? Singer. He's He's a singer. Yeah. 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 Uh yeah, he he uh he does not necessarily want to be in a black metal band. No. In fact (laughs) I remember I remember this because I I loved the scene. I guess apparently he worked at a record store with Mike, one of the other guys in the band. And Travis was kind of making fun of black metal and, like, spoofing it, and Mike thought he was so good at it that he took it seriously, and they started a black metal band again. Yep. So, like, Travis didn't mean to, he just kind of fell into it. Right. And, and it seems like for a point of time he was pretty much into it, like, you know, because it was just goofy fun. Yeah. But uh, but Mike has roles yeah. busy, right? <laughs> yeah, like things they have to do and can't do right because they're in a black metal band. Right, it's yeah, there's nothing like uh sucking the fun out of everything once you started implementing, you know Oh yeah. A list of rules. Right. That's why we never made rules. Exactly. That's, uh, yeah. that's that's why our black metal band is so successful. It is Yeah. I uh I like some music from every genre, but I couldn't tell you a black metal band that I like. Um, except for Living Color. They're pretty good. <laughs> no, no, um. That's, uh, an old and still terrible joke. I, I still love it. No, no, I mean, like, every time I listen to, like, a metal mix CD or something, and there's a black metal band, it just kind of has this. It does feel like this mic guy. Every time, it feels like the fun is just not there. Right. And, like, for me, metal either has to be fun, pre- preferably, or just. Somehow really strange. Right. And black metal doesn't sound like that because it sounds very regimented. Like it all kind of sounds the same. There are so much black metal that sounds exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And I don't care how much variety and corpse paint there is, all the dudes look the same. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Uh, it almost has like some sort of, like, there's some sort of influence there. I can't tell if it's classical music. Or something, like, it's really, like, operatic sometimes. Sometimes. It depends on, like, how good the band is. Right. Because I've heard a lot where it's just, you know, their band is terrible. (laughs) Like, they barely know how to play. Um, It's weird. I watched, uh, there was a, uh, there's a black metal documentary that I watched uh, a couple months ago, and it wasn't very good. Uh, I think it was, like, Until the Light Fades or something like that. (laughs) And, uh... It focused on two guys specifically. Uh, one was the the guy who was eventually in Bur—he oh, is Burzum. Okay. Uh, who you know was a Nazi and he was convicted of murder and was in prison for like 20 years. And then the other guy was like you know I think he was—he was not not Mayhem, but like some other like big influential black metal band, White Snake. Hmm? White Snake, <laughs> yeah, that's um. Uh, and it was all about basically how that that guy who wasn't in prison, like, was basically shunned by the black metal community because you know he occasionally would like listen to like NXS. Oh wow! Or her. <laughs> but would he wear a corpse paint when he did? Because that's okay. <laughs> I think that's fine. I mean, if he's teasing his hair out and like doing eyeliner and like <laughs> rouge. Sure. You know, yeah. Dave, David Bowie style or whatever. Maybe going a little too glam. But if he's got full, like, <laughs> if he's got the bullet belt and the wrist spikes, he could listen to Michael Bolton and it doesn't matter. That's what I think personally. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm on that guy's side. Right. Although ultimately <laughs> when you watch the documentary, you're going to come not on any of your <laughs> body's side of here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know the only time I ever, um, had friends that were into black metal were a friends that were like just a little weird and kind of racist right, like, and like kind of moving towards that there, there's a very strong racist element to black yeah or or it was like people that just ironic. yeah like yeah, like ironic or they just liked things because they were extreme in a goofy way like right. like they legitimately liked it, but they thought it was funny how extreme it was, oh sure yeah. but I don't know like I I can and have listened to black metal before, not for long stretches of time. There's some that I've enjoyed, but, you know, I'm 1000% aware of just how stupid everybody looks it, and is. And it, I like the spectrum of metal. Like, like I like everything that you would call heavy metal. Like I like, you know, like Judas Priest and dying fetus and like everything in between. Right. I, I think black metal is my least favorite, like, subsection of metal that there has ever been. Not, not just currently. Right, 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 right. Like, like, I think it's just below new metal. In new metal. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, like and that's pretty low. Sure. I think it's just under that. <laughs> like, it's just under, like, so, limb so, biscuit so limb biscuit is just above, like, burzum. Right. Number. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I prefer to never hear either. Sure. But if I had to hear one, it would probably be Biscuit. Cause you do it all for the nookie. Yeah, I do it for the nookie. I'm gonna go down to Sunoco later and see if that show's are gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Weren't we talking about a comic book? Maybe. I don't know. So, so yeah, they're this black metal band. Yeah. And they're, they're like, Kind of, they're kind of infighty. Like, like we said, Mike is a role stickler, and Travis is uh, like more just having fun, and the other guy whose name we can't remember is kind of somewhere in between the two. Right. Yeah. And they don't get along real well. Yeah. Uh, even though they're all friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's the videographer guy who. Pops in and out. Right. And he doesn't seem very black metalish. He's super not black metalish, but he also doesn't seem like he's anybody's actual friend, yeah. like in the band. He just, just wants to of... make a documentary. Right, yeah. or, or shoot a video. Right, right. But, uh well he does eventually want yeah, to make a documentary. I think that's his thing. He he wants to make films. Yeah. Uh so so Travis basically uh starts becoming obsessed with Charlie Butters. Right. And, and, uh, he winds up going back into the forest, uh, later to try to find where they found his cabin. Uh, and, uh, he gets lost and injured, but, uh, he, he does eventually find right. it. Yeah. And, like, takes all the journals and, like, just starts reading them, but then also at the same time, I you mean know, he kind of gets his shit together, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of realizes he needs to move on a little bit. Right. Uh, he, he gets a haircut. Yeah. It's the first step. Definitely first step, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Even starts talking to a lady. Yeah, yeah. So it starts he, he discovers girls. <laughs> so yeah, what do you think these guys are probably like late 20s, early 30s? Uh, I'd say probably, yeah, early to mid 20s. Yeah. Because yeah. one of them has an apartment at least. I yeah. Think. But like, you know, one of them still is. Mike still lives with his parents. It's true. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that can run the gamut between 20 to 40. Yeah, sure, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, and so yeah, Travis kinda, kinda moves away from the black metal aspect and starts focusing on his new obsession of the life of Charlie Butters, right. this, this eccentric painter from 60s. Yeah. And uh, so he, he manages to rope the uh, videographer guy into, like, helping him make a documentary about Charlie Butters. And uh, yeah. they, they, they go out and film some stuff, and then and there's still some conflict with the uh, dudes in the black metal band, right? <laughs> and they even find, they somehow managed to locate, I forget how, they, they managed to locate the widow of Charlie Butters, And, uh, interview her for the documentary. Yep. And it doesn't go well. It does not go very well at all. Yeah. Um. She's obviously feels very spurned because her, um, husband who, uh, as she says, was never able to give them children, um, kind of goes a little nuts and disappears on her. And, and, uh, she admits that she believes he has some sort of mental problem (laughs) and they kind of question her about why she never had him treated. Right. And uh, she gets upset and uh, basically asks them to leave. Yeah. And then uh, kind of where the book ends. Yeah, yeah. It kind of cuts back to Charlie Butters and it shows him kind of talking about his newfound freedom in the right. woods and like how every day he wakes up and he feels free. Um, but it kind of makes you wonder, like, is he really free? Is he free of all these things that? You know, we're tormenting him and his, like, you know, in his life in regular society, or is he just kind of ignoring them, but yeah. they're still there? Because obviously he's still connected to the world. The, the, world are, the world is still following him around, and his ex-wife is still thinking about him. And right. I don't know. You got a cat. I do have a cat. <laughs> Everything's better. So, what do you think of the story though it's an it's an interesting story, yeah uh you know like you know, I definitely have an interest in in reading you know part two. I do too uh you know but but also, I feel like you know there could have been more to this book. You know, maybe, maybe the entire story of Charlie Butters could have been condensed to this. I don't know. I, I like the fact that they had the, like, if it was just the Charlie Butters stuff, I think it could have been great. But I like the element of, like, these modern kids kind of finding out. Modern, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I like the characters. And then Travis, you know, like, like when he is introduced, he comes off as just like a dick. Right. And, and just, like, unlikable. But then, like, as he becomes more obsessed with Charlie Butters, he also becomes a lot more likable and a lot more relatable. I totally agree. Yeah, I think early on I didn't like a single character in this book, and I was like, I don't know how this is going to play out. Right. But, yeah, he sort of does kind of, when he kind of sheds his persona as just the black metal guy, Right. he kind of becomes a little more interested. Yeah. And the <gasps> fact that he's, you yeah. know, basically outs himself as being fairly anti-black metal, but like still willing to go along with it as long as they're just goofing off and having fun. Right. Like, yeah, definitely makes them a lot more likable to me as well. I, I would probably stay in a band whose music I wasn't necessarily like, like the genre of music I wasn't that into if, if yeah. I was having fun. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so that's the thing too. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of them just kind of arguing and talking at the beginning. Yeah. And I think Zach Wharton has a, a really good knack for dialogue as far as just it's believable and it's interesting and it flows. Yeah. But the only thing negative, I would say, other than like what we said before about the ending being not real uh, complete or providing a sense of closure, um, like some of it got – maybe he was just trying to kind of show you how unlikable these characters are at the beginning – but there was like maybe like a five page argument that they had, yeah. And I was like, we're like, you know, they're all just unlikable and they're all just like whining and yelling at each other. And seriously, like I, I think I counted it and it was just five pages of that. And I was like, that could have been a page, maybe a page and a half at the at the most. Right. And we would have got the idea that okay, these guys are not likable and they don't get along. Right. But it just kind of it kind of went on and on. But maybe that was the point he was trying to kind of be, be labored, like how annoying and aggressive and like ill-fitting they were as a band, right. but it just kind of, that, that was the one scene I thought was way too long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cause ultimately, you know, Travis, you know, proves himself to be a pretty good guy. Cause even though he's, you know, pissed at Mike, you know, he still winds up, you know, like helping him out. Yeah. And, and then, but then Mike is just like super, he's just underappreciative. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because Mike basically gets drunk somewhere and yeah. gets arrested. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Travis bails him out and takes him home, but Mike gets mad because he just left him on his lawn. Right. And, uh, <laughs> he's like, it was embarrassing. And, it's like, <coughs> well, you know, you're kind of the one that got yourself into that situation. Right, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, it's not easy to to move a person. Right. Yeah, that's true. And Mike's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you know, the characters are, are, you know, eventually turn out to be likable, and, and you know, I think, you know, I mean, Travis in particular, uh, the third guy in the band, I like, I can't remember his name, can't remember his name, can't remember, made no impression whatsoever. He was just kind of there because, yeah, uh, like Mike is the like, he's the antagonist, yeah, yeah. and the other guy's just kind of, I can't remember his name, was yeah. just there, uh, and everybody, every band I've been in, there's been one guy that's just kind of there. <laughs> I was that guy in one of the bands. <laughs> 23rd chapter. Cheers. Um, but, um, I love Zach Wharton's art. I absolutely love it. I really liked it too. Yeah. It's, it's super cartoony, but it's also really detailed. Yeah. Um, yeah, very cartoony. Like, down to the fact that, like, the eyeballs are just, like, black circles. Right, right. Like, and, and pointy noses. And- Yep. Really like newspaper strippy, cartoony style. But there's a lot of hatching. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of like grime on the sidewalks and walls and stuff. He does a lot of detail. And yeah. the forest scenes are all just totally totally fleshed out detail wise with the trees and the ground. And uh every character looks unique. Like I never once got confused as to like which character I was, you know. Right, scene, or, or, you know. Even though they change. Right, yeah, yeah. because Yeah, because yeah, Travis cuts his hair, and Charlie Butters grows his hair. Right, right. Uh, okay, well, maybe that one guy looks a little bit like Travis after he cuts his hair. <laughs> oh, is it the... I think that's the videographer. That okay. at right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going bald, and he wears a hat most of the time. So I really like the two drunk guys that were hanging out outside of the cafe. They were talking about Led Zeppelin lyrics. Right. I like stuff like that. It felt very, like, Cohen Brothers-ish. Yeah. Just weird little quirky background characters. And you don't see enough black metal in comics. I mean, no. there's yeah. been, like, three. I can think of but <laughs> the, the black metal trilogy. <laughs> so, yeah, what was the one we read? Uh, I think it was called Black Metal. Is it just called yeah. Black Metal? That was fun. Yeah, yeah. That was that was uh, a three-volume graphic novel. So, <laughs> yeah. and then and then the Disappearance <laughs> <laughs> Mudders. Those are the only ones I can think of. Uh, there's like one that just came out recently. I think it's called like the Bezelbubs or something like that. Oh, okay. I it's like know. it. From what I looked at it, it appears to be sort of like what if the Family Circus were a Black Metal family? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wasn't there an issue, of, uh, like Batman Metal, where he was in a black metal band? <laughs> there should have been. There should have been, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was good. No, oh, cool. uh, I, I, uh, I, I would, I would read the other two. I, I, yeah, I'm curious as to to where the story is going and and how, you know characters develop if they do at all. Uh, and, and uh, of course, you know, the, the mystery of, of uh, what's the fuck up with Charlie Butters? Yeah. yeah. And was he just simply crazy? I mean, cause that, that would be kind of the letdown, I think, if it was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just heard voices and, you know, lived in the woods for a while. Yeah. Like, uh, hopefully there's something else to it. Right. Like ghosts. Ghosts. Right. Or, uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe his paintings were magical or something. Maybe. I I yeah, whatever. I don't know. Right. You, you've never seen the first season of True Detective, have you? I have. You have? have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well then, uh. It was great. sure, sure, I agree. Uh, there were a lot of people who were very disappointed that by the end it wasn't like some sort of weird magical, like, supernatural oh, serial killer. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you're just gonna set yourself <laughs> up for <laughs> disappointment. Well, his pain does not have to be magical. I said <laughs> like, there's something more than but then, then just he was, sure, a little nutty no, in yeah. voices. But it doesn't have to be supernatural. Yeah. yeah. Maybe people are after him. Yeah. And I wonder if he's still alive or not. He could still be alive. It's possible. His wife is. Right. Yeah. Good job, Zach Warden. Yeah. It's a fine book. Well, yeah. I'm so glad to, too. Like I said, like, it's not like I know the guy and I haven't, like know, followed his career forever. Right. But I have like kinda like just just like popped in on three different stages of his career. Right. And it was cool to see and him progress get, get to this point. Yeah. That's sort of like uh like me and Farrell Dower I think. You know, like the first time I ever read a Farrell Dowrample book it was a printed on newsprint freebie that uh my friend and I got when we ordered just samples from a printing company. Oh wow. Yeah. And then then seeing him do Meat House after that and then uh, self-publishing uh, Pop Gun War. Right. And then now he's, like, doing image books. Right. Yeah. And, and graphic novels. and Yep. It's cool to see people. Apparently. Yeah. So good work, sir. Yeah. Disappearance of Charlie Butter is a pretty much recommended from us. And that's from, is it Conundrum? I can't remember who does this. Who published it? Marvel. <laughs> DC? Uh, Canada Council for the Arts. Govin Ga- right? Ga- Press, maybe? Okay, sure. Printed by Galvin Press. Alrighty. It doesn't. I don't see the word published by it. has yeah. got this symbol of... It's like a little pill with a swimmer inside of it. Sure. I thought that was Conundrum, but I don't think it is. Stay on the back, on the, on the spine. I'm, not, I'm freaking out. No, the only thing was is it's it written in black metal font. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what... Oh, it is Conundrum. Conundrum Press. Okay. That's weird, wasn't it? Oh, published by Andy Brown at Conundrum. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> 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 Want to go uh, burn down a church or something? Sure. All right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's clearly the fault of Zach Wharton and his his fictional comics. Yeah. i can blaming it on him. I uh, hope my bosses don't listen to this one. Let's take a break. Back to my dining room. <laughs> hey, we are in your dining room. I think this is only maybe the second time we've recorded here. Uh, it's been a couple times. Four or five, maybe. In the dining room? Yeah. I, I think know, so. I know we've been in the basement. In the basement once or twice. Uh, this may be like the third or fourth time. Right, yeah. Yeah, It's not too bad. It's got a little bit of an echo. A little bit. Yeah. Um, acoustics. That's what they call it. And the biz. It's like we're doing a live show with uh, an audience of animals that don't give a fuck. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, it, like, like you've said, it's been months since we've recorded. Yeah. Um, I've literally done nothing. <laughs> How about you? Um, done some stuff here and there, I guess. I got sick. Yeah, I'm still feeling the remnants of it. Lingering. It's been a month and a half now. Mm. That sucks. Yeah. Um. But but neither of us had a nervous breakdown. No, Uh, not this time. No comic conventions. No, no. Although we have one this weekend. We do have one coming up. Yeah, in in just a few scant days. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Hopefully. I'm I'm not for saying. Much good coming out of it, but it's, it's the, see? It's the, uh, annual Gem City Comic Con here in beautiful Dayton, Ohio. Sure. The Convention Center. Um, the biggest show in our little area. That is true. Uh, the one where we get the big names. Yep. Like Ben Hobbs. Yeah. <laughs> and... Who else? You. You and Ben Hobbs? I'll be there, yeah, yeah, me and Ben Hobbs. Yep, yep, that's it. I'm gonna be hobnobbing. Wow. Wow, that was great. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like, uh, Chris Bacello? Is there? Uh, Michael T. Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. Which, I'm more excited to meet him than even Ben Hobbs. That's, that's pretty exciting. Kyle Holtz. Yeah. Is it Holtz? Yeah. I have no idea. Me neither. He's told me. I thought I've... I never remember. I thought I've heard someone pronounce it Holt before. Right. And I was like, there's no L in there, and there's a Z at the end. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I have no idea. Me neither. But he's amazing. Yes, he is. He... That's something that happened. Uh, we've we've talked about him numerous times on the show. Oh, yeah. He's uh, what some might call a local legend. He's like Nessie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Uh, he is gonna be drawing Batman, which is awesome. That is fucking great. Like two issues? Two issues at least that we know of. Yeah. Yeah. Detective Comics. Detective Comics. The original Batman comic. That's right. There's, yeah, number 1000 just came out. I know, right? Very recently. I mean, this week, 1002 came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, at least working on issues 1006 and 1007 which is also ridiculous to say. Yeah, I know. I know, I was like, I was reading off, because uh, we were counting out the books this week, and I was reading off, I think it was action number 1010 came out, and I was like, it just sounds weird to even say that. Yes, yes it does. For a comic book. I mean, I've done. I'm in the middle of issue three of Defenders, and I'm like, there's too, too many of us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> who wants to read over a thousand comics about superman uh, i mean i like superman but i don't think i'd read a thousand of them i'm okay with them as long as it's interesting but i'm like there can't be a thousand stories to tell about that guy mm, you know i mean i don't even like batman is my favorite comic character ever right. and i don't even know if there's a, really a thousand batman stories to tell there's really only four stories for each of those characters. Right? Yeah. And they just retell them over and over again. Is it one for each season? Uh so yes. Uh-huh. For all seasons. Superman for all seasons and yeah. then Batman the Long Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am very excited. I've I've been watching um the posts on Instagram from Kyle and it looks great. Yeah. Like the, those rooftop scenes where he's like running from a rooftop and there's like there's like Mist in the air and like those water towers that are on roofs. Yeah. Oh, I love I love roof water towers. Uh for me, like I mean, it's it's no secret. I love Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh but I will always love B and lower characters, like from Marvel and DC, like way more than I love Batman or Spider-Man. Oh yeah. You know, like like there's just something about like the The underutilized and overlooked characters that like just really appeals to me more. The ones that still hang on, but they're not like top tier. Exactly, and the Spectre is probably in the top five of those for me at DC. And his two issue arc is guest starring the Spectre. That is great, and you can feel my boner from right here. I can. Yeah, (laughs) I won't, but I can. You can't. I decided (laughs) to. So if he did a Marvel comic, what would you love to see him do? That's a good question. Hellstorm. <laughs> you no, know, I mean he did some Ghost Rider twenty ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. But um That's It's not, not a character I love or it's not enough. a character yeah, anybody loves, but um but Kyle's art has changed so much since then. I would yeah. love to actually see him do a Ghost Rider cover, right. like an actual, just not 2099, nine nine. What but about Cosmic Ghost Rider? That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that book was fun. I read the first miniseries. I thought yeah. it was fun. Um, I don't know about Marvel because I've seen him because he's mostly worked for Marvel. Like he does, he has done very little DC work throughout right. his career. Yeah. Uh He did a a man thing series that was awesome. Right? That was beautiful. The zombie series that he did was pretty good. I never read that. Um, I mean, you know, he did that one shot Spider-Man book with uh, Paul Griss. That was pretty awesome. Uh, Did he really? Yeah. It was the, that weird gimmick where it was like, what do the comics in the Marvel universe look like? Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. I read that. Some carnage (laughs) books with Warren Ellis. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah, he his style definitely lends itself to kind of like your darker, weird stuff. So, like, my mind goes to yeah, like Man Thing, Ghost Rider, like stuff that he's he's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe even like I could see him doing like Brother Voodoo. I could see him doing that for sure. That'd be cool. Because yeah, when I think about like you know my favorite Marvel characters, like you know, Daredevil tops the list, but and, and he he did some covers for the last couple months for, like, a oh, series. Man, those were beautiful. They were great the covers. Man Without Fear miniseries. Yeah. But, like, I didn't buy them because he was only doing the covers. Was that what it was called? Or was it called Man With Fear? It was Man Without Fear, wasn't it? Uh, I, don't, I have no idea. I can't remember. Yeah. started with Man. Yep. And Fear was somewhere in there. Maybe it was Man or Astro Man. Ooh. One of my favorite bands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's awesome. awesome. So... I mean, you know, like, I guess it would be cool to see what he would do with, like, go to, uh, like, Silver Surfer? Yeah? Yeah? I mean, I'd read that. Yeah. He's that Hulk? Hulk? Is I mean, he's done Hulk, Hulk. yeah. Uh, recently, even. Right? Yeah, it seems like, uh, he's already figured out the ones he should draw. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, over at DC, like, Spectre, the Demon, Dr. Fate would be awesome. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. Is what I'll be. Yeah, I could see that. Devil. Yeah. Heroes in crisis. <laughs> I think you could draw a meme from Wally West serial killer. Sure. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, but yeah, um, at Jim City, there's there's some some decent artists there. There's there's honestly, I don't think anybody that I'm like, I got to go meet this person. Like like I really like Michael T. Gilbert. But he's the only person there who I kind of want to meet that I haven't met. Right. But I don't know. Like, I haven't read anything he's done in 20 years, but I remember loving Mr. Monster when I was a teenager. Like, I I loved that book. Mr. Monster's always appealed to me. Uh, I don't know. I would go see if he has anything for sale. Like Because I, I don't own anything that he's ever done. It maybe like a stray couple issues of Mr. Monster somewhere. He did a, a, like a Superman prestige format book. I actually saw it. I do have that in our back room. I do have that man or Superman. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Uh, you've got that somewhere again. It's, it's all also a matter of, uh, my collection is a fucking mess and Very I don't boring. know where anything yeah. is, but Chris Pichello for me is, is the guy that I'm, yeah. you know, right. Looking forward to meeting, uh, He's pretty pretty talented. Yeah. Uh, he was he was supposed to be there last year but his his wife passed away shortly before the show so he he did not uh he did not attend. Understandably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be it'd be a tough thing to do. I'm actually kind of surprised he's like I because I feel like if that was a pretty traumatic event and it was like right before that show it might be kind of like anxiety inducing to think about doing this show again so yeah. so thanks for coming back, Chris. Yeah. Huh. But, uh, yeah, those are not, uh, I've read a bunch of stuff, but I don't know if any of it's worth talking about. I might actually pick a couple of the graphic novels if, you know, if I run out of ideas here. Okay. I, uh, I've been reading old X-Men, like, oh. from the original run, the Stanley, Jack Kirby, Roy Thomas, Warner Roth run of X-Men. <laughs> nice. Warner Roth? Warner Roth. Yeah. don't know if I've ever heard that name before. He was uh, an artist. Inker Artist. Wow. He penciled some x Yeah. Never heard after, of him. After Kirby left, I believe, initially, he went by the pen name of, uh, I won't say, Dick Gavin. Huh. Uh, and then he eventually changed went by his real name, because at the time, I believe he was moonlighting at DC at the same time and uh, it was frowned upon to be working for both. Right, yeah. I think it still is. It? Yeah, some, some people for sure, yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Are you reading them digitally? Nope. In the, the epic collection format. Nice. Uh, and uh, they're not good. <laughs> Are they at least well drawn? No. Oh, okay. Like, even the Kirby ones. Not good. It's not, not his best work. It yeah. is not. And so for, like, the first six issues, the first six issues are just fucking terrible. And Magneto is the villain in, like, four of those first six <laughs> issues. Here he comes again. And, and it's not one giant story. It's nope, like no giant story. individual stories, yeah. Uh, Stanley, you know can't remember a character's names issue to issue uh you know the beast starts out as basically a ben grimm type character just like the big dumb brute and then eventually he starts getting slightly smarter well, maybe he was like you know reading up in his spare time uh, studying uh yeah like he, he hasn't figured out the characters he hasn't figured out what the, even the point of the x-men is like, it was just, we need a super team, and, uh, I'm too lazy to come up with how they got powers. So, uh, they were born with them. <laughs> Excelsior. Sure. Well, it turned out to be that's a great idea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It kinda, kinda worked. Yeah. Uh, so the first six issues are terrible. Issue seven starts to see some upswing, like, Lee finally has, like, some consistency with the characters, and, like, his, Almost figured out like the the metaphorical aspect of the X Men, and uh, Chick Stone started inking Jack Kirby. Chick Stone's great, and the art improves fucking drastically. Yeah, I bet. I, I can't remember who his anchor was on the first six, but it was not good. Like there weren't backgrounds, the characters looked terrible. Uh, it was just thin and loose. And then, uh, issue seven, Chickstone takes over, and it's like, oh, this is, uh, Jack Kirby drawing this again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kirby is not one of those guys that you think of, like, needs an acre to, like, get across Jack Kirby. Maybe, yeah. maybe in, what was it, 63 or 64, something like that. Yeah. Maybe then they did a little. I don't uh, know. It's also the very least Jack Kirby comic of the Marvel era that Jack Kirby drill, right? Like, there's no crazy machines or monsters or, you know, aliens or anything Uh, like that. It's just, you know. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, They're all in uniform. Right. They all have the same uniform. Like, even FF, they were all uniform, but they were outlandish backgrounds. Exactly. Like, Reed was always tinkering on some machine that was, like, as big as a building. right. Right. Uh you know, eventually they they introduced Cerebro, which Stanley calls four different things in that <laughs> issue. Uh and it's just like, you know, a helmet at his desk. Oh <laughs> and there's like a monitor. We gotta have a monitor. Well sure, of course. Yeah. Uh and then when Roy Thomas took over, like it just became just it's it's panels full of just words with just tiny little drawings. <laughs> By Dick Gavin slash <laughs> Warner Roth. <laughs> so. It's it's amazing that the X-Men eventually turned into something that, you know, became this quality. The biggest comic in the world, yeah. Well, I've read the Ed Piscor, uh, Grand Designs. Sure. I, I enjoyed the ones that were about the Silver Age X-Men, but man, when he starts getting into, like, the Bronze Age stuff, mm-hmm. like the Claremont, like, that, that book is so good, a yeah. Grand Design book. So, I started reading the first epic collection, which is, like, issues 1 through 23 of the X-Men. And I was also reading Grand Design, <laughs> uh, particularly the first volume, which takes us all the way up to the, the Bronze Age, the right. X-Men. Uh, <laughs> and it is it is bizarre. A, how much better he makes it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and B, how much he grabs from so many different places to like tell the X Men as like an actual linear story, right? You know, because clearly like, in 1963 or whatever, they have no fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of change, Ed is changing some of the timeline and yeah, yeah. some of the some things that certain characters do. Maybe he attributes to right. other characters. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes it work, right? Uh, oh, yeah, and it's it's definitely great. He he's so impressive because not only is he seriously like like he's probably one of my absolute favorite artists working today. Like his his style just it looks like a cross between I don't know. Uh, it reminds me of a, a few different people. It reminds me of uh, Art Adams a little bit. Um, I can see that. It reminds me of, I don't know, some, like, it reminds me of, like, EC Comics a little bit, too. I don't, I don't know, he's just, he's got, he's got, like, a, this really great, dirty, cartoony style. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. He, but but he's such a good writer, too. That's oh, the yeah. part that blows my mind. Just, I don't know, like any draw that way, but he, he's, he's a pretty intelligent writer. Yeah. So, so good job, Ed. Yeah. Little Eddie Pisker, he's doing it right. He is. Uh, I'm curious to see what what he does after Grand Design is done. Yeah, I know he's still working on it, but look, he's he's almost done with it. Right. Uh, I know he's going to do some sort of creator owned thing because yeah. uh, he's posted some cryptic posts on Instagram about it. Uh, Um, did, do you follow him on Instagram? Not on Instagram, no. So it was funny because he took a picture like a month ago. Um, he was like, (laughs) he, he had bought like two packs of blank notebook or note cards Mm. and and some pens at Target. And he said, Hey, he said, Hey, the script for my new comic was available at Target today. Some assembly required. (laughs) So I guess he like writes, kind of writes it all out on note cards and then does the thumbnails and gets Mm -hmm. it going. So so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Yeah, and, um, yeah definitely going to be interested. Although I wondered, like I know four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree came out. Of, like, is, is he done with that completely? I think so, because okay. I, I don't think he was doing all the way up through the 90s. It was like through, I don't know, 90 or 91 mm-hmm. or something. But, yeah, I don't think he was doing the whole, like, modern, like, Run the Jewels. and Sure, know, sure. I haven't read too much else. Uh, I wound up subscribing to Shudder, which is a streaming service that mostly only shows horror movies. Yeah, okay. uh, Because Netflix has uh, crap as far as horror goes, and most of it is like their own original crap, which I don't give a crap about. Say crap one more time. <laughs> <laughs> in oh, a boy. An honor of Hellboy. An yeah. honor of Hellboy, which which is now rated R, and he says fuck. <laughs> nice, I guess. I don't know. If I'm I have zero interest in seeing that new no. movie. He, I, my my interest is waning, but I kind of wanted to see it when I first heard about it. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the trailer and I was like, nope, this is uh, this is not anything I'm interested in. Um. Yes, I've been watching a lot of uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Because uh, he has a, a show on Shudder. Uh, so, just a lot of terrible movies hosted by a uh, fake redneck. <laughs> right? That sounds uh, like a good time. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 we're, we're both still drawing, but we're working on it Random things, (sighs) are we? Am I? I mean, you're you you mentioned you're doing uh, Defenders number three, final issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) It's like I draw a thing or two and then trash it immediately. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not. I'm not working on anything. Oh, you're you're in that. What do they call it? You're following. That's where (laughs) like you know when the farmers they they. They treat the field in order to next year have a really great crop. They call it fallowing when they're uh they're not actually planting anything, but they're uh they're gonna spend this season fixing that field up so whenever they do plant those seeds they grow some motherfucking corn. Okay. All right. I don't think I'm doing that either. Okay. <laughs> So, you, so you just reminded me of something. You said when you said I was drawing Defenders, you just said Defenders. Sure, sure. Um, it reminded me. Sorry, Defenders of the Planets. That's right. But well, I'm glad you said that because today we bought a comic collection, and um, there was a bunch of issues of Defenders from Marvel in there right, right right. from the 70s. And have you read any of those ever, like the Steve Gerber run? From the Not 70s? the old ones, no. Okay. So, do you know about The Elf? Um... Is it Pip the Troll? No. So, there's... So, you might not believe this because I didn't know this until today. Well, first of all, Steve Gerber was notoriously, like, on drugs. Well, yes. (laughs) So, there's an issue of the Defenders from the 70s. I think... I want to say it's, like... It's somewhere in the 20s or 30s. And, uh there's there's like just a panel where you know like you know there's like you know the action of the defenders or whatever and then like it cuts to another scene and it shows this elf and i'm talking like it looks like a garden gnome like he's got like green outfit with like a little pointy red hat and he's an elf and he has a gun and he walks up and he just shoots someone and kills them like some human just some random human and he's like ah and he kills this person and then it like Cuts back to whatever is really happening and you're like, well, what the fuck was that about? And, uh, and then, and then like the issue ends and it doesn't say anything else about the elf. And then like, and then like eight issues later, there's another scene like that where just in the background, like, you know, something's happening and you see this elf run up and shoot another human and like, kinda like laugh about it. And then, and so, by the time the second thing, hap- the second appearance of the elf happens, um people are writing into the letter's comma and they're like, they're like, what is happening here like like I understood like the story but like what what's with this elf thing and and Steve Gerber just like won't say anything he's like he's like very cryptic about it right. and then it happens a third time, like the, the elf just kills another person. Like, and he's only in, he's never in more than two panels in in any book that he appears in. And then, Steve Griffith gets fired from the book, and like, I think Jerry Conway or somebody takes over. And, and then like to wrap it up, they, they have this epilogue. There's like, the story happens. And then like, I think it's like issue 40 by this point. Um, this epilogue happens where you just see this elf and he's like walking and he sees this little girl and you're like, Oh no, he's going to kill this girl. And all of a sudden the, like he's crossing the road to get to this girl and this truck runs him over and then you see his hat fly over (laughs) and then like the elf is dead. (laughs) And, and in an interview, like, I don't know if it was like years and years later or whatever, but they, they asked Steve Gerber about it and he's like, They're like, what was that all about? Were you building to something? Like, And and he says, the elf? It was about nothing. It was about just the random existence of humanity and how just, like, fleeting and weird it is. (laughs) He never, he, like, never had any idea of, like, no plans. And, like, it never was supposed to tie into anything. But it's, like, it's so absurd that it's... Like, is it brilliant, or is it just, like, him being a weirdo? Like, right. Imagine a writer trying to get away with that now in a Marvel comic. Right? I mean, maybe if you're Grant Morrison, or, like, your book is, like, kind of goofy, like, Squirrel Girl or something. Right, right. But, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, look that up sometime. i yeah, I'm so curious. It's like uh, the, the elf with a gun or the murdering elf or whatever. <laughs> but it, it's from, yeah, like mid-70s Defenders. And he was only in like four issues. Well, when the inevitable Defenders movie comes out, then hopefully they'll put <laughs> out a true believers of just the, uh, oh, the, elf, the yeah. elf scenes. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be in the after credits thing, just killing <laughs> somebody. He'll kill Stanley. <laughs> Ooh, It's too soon. It's too soon, too. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that's happened since uh, the last time we got together. Post Uh, uh well, oh no. Uh, <laughs> the, the Captain Marvel movie came out. Oh, yeah. With yep. uh, what I would imagine is his final on-screen cameo. I, I think there was still one or two more, I think. Okay, so maybe one in uh, the upcoming Avengers Endgame? That would make sense, yeah. Know. Uh... But uh you, you know my my thoughts on Stanley have, have never been uh, very uh, guarded. Uh, I've I've said what I feel about the man on the show here. <laughs> uh but uh you know me and my my uh, my, my whatever she is uh, we went to see the movie and uh like at the very beginning there's like you know like a tribute to Stanley like before the movie even starts I like the silent one that's just still getting the word Marvel yeah yeah, yeah. and God damn it if I didn't tear up really yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it didn't it didn't affect me that way yeah like I like I didn't have anything against them doing that but it didn't it didn't hit me right. so yeah it was a good movie though. no I enjoyed the movie a lot I'm sorry that you don't have a soul. I, I, did like his cameo in the movie, like yeah, the actual yeah, movie, I thought it was yeah. funny. Good times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I guess, uh, I should break a book. Are we gonna do this? I thought, I thought we were just wrapping up. Oh, um, yeah. I guess that's fine. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm done for one more. Okay, alright. Right. <laughs> so we're just playing it by ear? Yeah. Per episode? Right. <laughs> when we put one out once every six months. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, uh, so, so I'm going to admit that part of the reason why I haven't really pushed to uh, do a show uh, is because I can't think of anything that I want to read. Uh, uh, even though I have stacks and stacks of books. Right. Uh, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think I figured figured out which which book I would like to read. For, uh, for I'm excited. I like reading comics. Uh, I would like us to read uh, Bandette, Volume One. Bandette, yes. What is that? It is a book about a uh, a French uh, thief uh, named Bandette. Okay. Uh, yeah. She's sort of a Robin Hoodish type character. I'm down. It's uh, written by Paul Tobin, drawn by Colleen Cooper. Uh, who, who are a married couple. Yeah. And it was, uh, originally a digital only book from Monkey Brain Press. And, uh, Dark Horse put out some collections. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Sweet. Bandit. 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 So, so Dark Horse has it. Yes, yes, yes. I believe the first item is called Presto. Okay. Nice. I Don't know for sure. I forgot. I can see it. But, Could be making shit up. (laughs) Well, that sounds cool. I I like thieves. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, it was was nice to do this again. It was. Do it again before winter comes. (laughs) Winter is coming. Game of Thrones, baby. Oh, that's what that's from. I guess. I've 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 heard that before. Uh... Speaking of Kyle Oates, I, uh, I, I pulled a real dick move on him on Facebook today. Oh, no. What'd you do? Uh, he uh, you yeah, know, threw out a question. Uh, name your three favorite Game of Thrones characters. And uh, so I said uh, Blitzen, Gimli, and uh, Curly. <laughs> Did he respond? Yeah. Okay. With a gif <laughs> yeah, of, of someone just rolling their eyes. <laughs> hey, that's still a response. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we had fun talking to him at Zoom City Comic Con. Well, we'll, we'll, well, maybe we'll find out next time. Yeah. Well, if we remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Sweet. Well, good night, everyone. Thanks for coming back to us. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be as long. Probably not. Alrighty.